0: Good afternoon, good evening. I'm Dove Tusman. You're on equal footing. And this week we're going to be, we're going to be talking about celibacy. The chosen path of celibacy, which is common to a lot of religious practice and spiritual life the forced path of celibacy when you wish not to be but you you are for reasons sometimes outside of your control is celibacy a path of freedom as mahatma gandhi for example referred to it or is it a path of bondage something that's unnatural To the human experience. I don't think this is a topic that gets as much airtime as it should. When it does, it's often stylized as a premarital decision only, or we, we think of it in the sense of someone who's ordained as a celibate monk or a nun. But the interchange, the intercourse of ideas between those who've experienced different sides of this coin, It was hard in my pregame research to find any of that. So I'm particularly grateful this evening to my guests, Dominican Friar Father Joseph Martin Hagen and Hatari Olugbala. Let's start with you, Father Joseph who's here in the studio with me. It's so great post-pandemic to be able to be back in the studio together.
1: I missed smiles for a long time. <laughs> it's good to be human again. Yeah, I I, amen to that. No pun yeah. intended. <laughs> Father
0: Joseph, you were born and raised as the youngest of five siblings in yes. Pence- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And as an undergrad, you studied at the University of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And then you returned for your Master's in Theology through the University of Notre Dame's Echo program. Yes. And you entered the Dominican Order in the Catholic tradition mm-hmm. in 2012. Uh, you were ordained as a Roman Catholic priest in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I picked you up earlier today in my car in Manhattan in this incredible rainstorm yes. we've been having this <laughs> afternoon, uh, at your parish. Yes. Uh, you're a parochial. A vicar mm-hmm. at the parish of Saint Vincent Ferrer and Saint Catherine of Siena in Manhattan, yes. uh, 66th in Lexington, and uh, and by the way, I wish we had a visual. Father Joseph is in his is frock the right <laughs> uh, uh, habit. habit habit. I'm habit. sorry. No, no, sorry, it's fine. As many listeners know, and you of course know, I'm I'm Jewish in my tradition, but I have family members who are Catholic. I have mm-hmm. tremendous respect and uh for for the tradition tradition as when we were talking about before the show have actually. Intersected with the Dominican Order in uh, in my business life, in fact. Topic for another time, probably. What's most interesting in your bio, uh, Father Joseph, is that to me is that you are also. In a hillbilly band. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. With other priests, which I wouldn't have found out about. Oh, Shame on you. You wouldn't have even told I me. I was playing that close. Right. Ex- except that, as many listeners know, we do musical interludes on the show, and I pick the music each week, and and <laughs> you very shyly mentioned, well, you don't have a band, and this band is great. So, totally off topic, but uh, listeners, you can check this out at... Uh, hillbillytomists.com I'm going to spell that hillbilly which most people know how to spell and then T-H-O-M-I-S-T-S hillbillytomists plural dot com their latest album is called Living for the Other Side and they have That's a new it. album about to come out so thank you for being on equal footing Father Joseph thank you thank you I want to introduce our esteemed other guest who is calling in from Los Angeles, California, Hatari Alugbala. And I honor you, Hatari, for being on this show and talking about what cannot be anything pleasant for you. It involves, I know, a lot of pain. I, I, in my life, was briefly incarcerated for 10 and a half months. It felt like a lifetime for me. And you were incarcerated for 33 years um in in 1987 Hattari uh, was uh convicted of first degree murder and two counts of armed robbery at the age of 16 uh and he was he's now 50 he was just recently paroled in November of 2020 and uh, he was a gang member uh his whole life he's been committed to the Black Movement in the United States and abroad, and I want to particularly honor Hatari for uh, the way that you've reentered society since you were paroled. You've been working as a social worker. You've been supervising uh, youth and making sure that common spaces are uh, safe, especially in the context of the recent COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, assisting as well in vaccination programs, and you've been an ambassador for a safe sleeping site for the homeless in L.A. So you've gone from the incarcerated environment immediately into helping others. And I also want to point out that you're an active member of a spiritual path. You practice the spiritual system of EFA, it's commonly referred to as the Yoruba religion. It's a traditional African spiritual cultivation system based on ancest- ancestral reverence. Hatari, thank you for being on equal footing.
2: Well, thank you for having me and I appreciate that introduction. <laughs> that yeah. was, uh, that was, that was, that's truly appreciated, bro. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much.
0: Well, you deserve it. I I, I think that one of the challenges, and I don't want to get off topic, we've done a number of shows on on criminal justice issues in the past, and uh, we need to, as a society, recognize that once someone has paid their dues, they've paid their dues. That's what the system is about, and welcome people. Back with open arms, uh, open minds, and uh, and 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 allow for the that rule that I think often prevails that when you um, when you give love you receive love when you give respect you receive respect and and I give you uh, both on, on the air. sorry since you had the disadvantage of being on the phone and Father Joseph and I are here in studio, please do feel free to speak nice and close to your phone mic so you get the same uh, same airtime. Okay. All right. So, Father Joseph. Yes. Kick us off with the... Con- obviously, you've chosen a path of celibacy. Yes,
1: completely chosen. Yeah. You know,
0: some of our listeners may not know, as a Dominican friar, you've chosen a path of life lifelong celibacy. Yes, yes. Okay. Can you tell us about the philosophical basis of that path in your tradition and the personal reason for choosing it?
1: No, yeah, thank you. Um, the simplest way to put it, for us, it's a matter of uh, a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. And so probably the way we would simply put it is that celibacy is both uh, imitating Jesus, who was himself a celibate, uh, and also looking for intimacy with him. Uh, one way you could put it too is it sort of uh, empties us so that we can be more receptive both towards God, but also receptive to our brothers and sisters uh, being uh, sort of free to serve and to love them. So that, that's probably the, the philosophical
0: approach. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought that that had so much to do with, in Spanish, you'd say, El próximo, like that the person. Yes. Next, I didn't realize it was that as well as the relationship. With, yes, uh, yes. Um, in, in doing the research for the show, it reminds me of a, a quote by Timothy Radcliffe who said that celibacy is a way of admiring a person for
1: their humanity, maybe even for their beauty. Yeah, without the filter of the sexuality. And Timothy Ratcliffe's a Dominican priest. <laughs> so, and one interesting thing too is, uh, I think it's a matter of of loving without possessing, uh, in a very radical way, which is true for and for everyone. The more we love someone, the, the we want to have them be free. Uh, it, it's just a different level of it to be a celibate priest who's who celibate but not separated. He's in with the people um and so for me i think it was a choice of wanting to serve god wanting to serve my brothers and sisters and um certainly offering up the sacrifice of having a a beautiful wife of having children um, but for the purpose of relationship so not looking simply to be alone but looking to be uh, at the service of others with a love that doesn't possess others. Okay, so I want to come back to your your personal choice, but yeah. while we're on
0: this more general philosophical level, yeah, uh, you know, on equal footing, we really try to. Look at things from different angles, hear each other, and respect each other, even if we sometimes vehemently disagree. Yeah. yeah. And I I, I want to play a little bit of the devil's advocate, sure, for a moment, and then and then pass the mic to you, Hatari, in in that vein. But first, let me mention that we are a live program. You can call in and participate whether you're listening to this on AMA Radio, FM, or or online. The number to call is seven one eight three zero three nine zero nine zero. That's seven one eight Three zero three nine zero nine zero. As often as the case on equal footing, we address sometimes very personal and difficult topics. You don't have to say your name if you're on the air. You can, you you can, but you can also be anonymous. And if you really want to be even more anonymous, you can text a question to nine uh, or comment to nine one seven four two eight four zero six two. That's nine one seven four two eight four zero six two. You can text or uh, even send a message via the WhatsApp messaging system to that number, and we'll get to uh, questions and calls in the second segment of the show. Okay, so Father Joseph and Natari, let me quote a couple of uh, scientific sources, and there are so many out there. Um, National Institutes of Health, for example, did a comprehensive multi-decade study correlating sex- sexlessness, celibacy abstinence whatever you want to call it among american adults and self-reported happiness levels mental health depression and so forth and across almost all participant segments and they actually did this from 18 to 89 god bless those folks who are in their late 80s and and um and have uh, active sex life but looking at 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 sexlessness, which is the scientific way they put yeah. that in that and that cohort, across all the cohorts, there was a, a correlation between uh, mental health uh, challenges, uh depression, anxiety and so forth, and abstinence uh from sex. So there's 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 clearly a you know some complication there. Uh, at least from a scientific uh, perspective. There are a number of studies I, I could quote here. I don't want to, um, bombard you or, or the listener, but one other that I thought, um, was, was interesting is that the, there's a, um, there's another study from the National uh, Center on, on, bio and biotechnology information, which is part of the NIH that, um, correlates particularly levels of, of, um, Mental and physical health in later years to people that uh, were abstinent from sex in their late teens and twenties, and also finding a negative correlation there. So, you know, clearly there there are different you know perspectives mm-hmm. on, on this. Hatari, I hope I'm not being too blunt. You lived 33 years of your life at least as in in celibacy, obviously forced upon you. Yes. Do you can you talk to that particular aspect of incarceration and how you think it affected your mental or physical health then or now?
2: Well, the act of being placed in forced celibacy basically caused me to think irrational. I was quick to anger. I would distort things that was told to me, and I didn't recognize for some time that it was a result of me being celibate. I had no release, and in prison, you need some form of release to make it from one state to the next state. And by that being one of the most consistent releases for all of us, I didn't have access to that. So it all built up. I guess the testosterone would build up as a result of not being able to be released in one form or the other. So it impacted me. Greatly, I mean, I was withdrawn, then I was over aggressive. I was depressed, then I was too happy. I went through these bipolar states. And it took me some time to recognize that that's exactly what that was. And I was doing other things, but that was the thing that I wasn't doing. I wasn't dealing with that issue. So I would read, I would meditate, I would jog, I would work out. I I did everything I could possibly think of but addressed that particular issue because I wasn't aware that that was the issue that needed to be addressed. And it it impacted me on all levels, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually to a point because I would practice uh, celibacy every eight days during my spiritual ceremony. So that day would be... That's natural. I would normally be in the mode of being in that you state. You mean so you would you would be, be in, in that, that
0: state even if you were not incarcerated?
2: Yes. Every eight days. That's just that just a natural state right there. So that was normal for me. But unfortunately all the other days <laughs> I wasn't trying to be that it. But when I was thrown in prison I was forced to be. So it was like so I didn't have an understanding of that's exactly what that was until I started reading pamphlets and books and just doing any and everything I could to try to understand why I was like I was. Why am I so aggressive when it doesn't require that level of aggression? Why would I get depressed when there's really nothing to be depressed for at in this moment? Or why would I get sad for nothing? Now, and I'm uh, like, okay, so, yes.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Atari I think uh, a devil's advocate position, or uh, you, there may be some listeners would think, well, how the incarcerated environment and you were in, Maximum security environments. You were, I talked to you before the show. You were in, truly in hell for a period of time and, and an, there'll be a, another time, another place in this program. Where I'd like to have you on talking about the shoe and solitary and the effects of that. How, how are you able to pinpoint the lack of sexual release as so directly tied to these other, uh, these other Circumstances and, and and exhibitions of uh, violence or bipolarity uh, could it not be attributed to the overall environment that we're in and 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 not to the the sexlessness of the environment?
2: People could argue that that's not incarcerated, but one of the things that prisoners have a tendency of doing is we live through like a checklist thing. Because you never know exactly what each day going to be, so you basically lay out what you want to achieve and what you want to do throughout that day. Uh-huh. So when I decided I need to figure out what was wrong with me, I created a checklist of things that I was going to look into. Like, the first thing I did, my mental state of my my upbringing, the environment I came from, and I started looking at those things. I'm like, okay, when I was this age, I was acting this way. And then I was like, no, that's consistent with that age. I'm right. okay to okay And so I took, I had a little checklist, and I kept going down the checklist. and the only one I didn't think of was celibacy because it just didn't enter my mind because we're not taught to think that way. Right. So as I kept doing it, I had got accustomed to studying and investigating things and I said, well, let me broaden my field of investigation. What else am I deprived of? Oh, I'm deprived of sex. Oh my God. Why did I get this part? Right. So then I started paying more attention to myself. Okay, let me see. And I, I start being real mindful of myself and how I'm feeling and what I'm feeling. I'm like, okay. Like, I would, I would see a lady or I would watch TV and I would trip how I would feel as I'm watching. I'm like, you know what? Let me cut the TV off and grab a book and see. And then I cut the TV back on. And I was still them. I'm like, you know what? This might have something to do with it right here. Because every time I sit look at this TV and I'm looking at this beautiful woman, I'm looking at you know, Leonard O'Deusworth, Okay. I would get angry, sad, and depressed all in that one mode. Right. I'm like, okay, this has to be it. So then it requires the next phase of the experiment, which I don't know if we're allowed to speak of the next phase of the experiment to confirm that's what it is.
0: Let, let's, I want to come back. To, I do want to put a, a placeholder there. We're going to take our first break, but I want to come back and and, and talk a little bit about the context of, you know, conjugal visits and, and that environment and try to uh, set the stage a little bit for the listener and understand what what that dynamic of for celibacy is about. We'll be right back on Equal Footing. We're talking about celibacy, path to freedom. Is it about freedom? Can it be about freedom? Can it also be about bondage? What are the positive and negative effects? I'm with Father Joseph Hagen and Hatari Olukbala, and we'll be right back.
3: Plains. Death's in the world and it's gone viral Everybody's talking about a new revival When it's a question of love and survival Bourbon, bluegrass and the Bible
0: All right, for everyone interested, that was the Hillbilly Thomist. So that you heard one of our guests there, that uh, really great bluegrass sound. All right, let's talk about one of our sponsors, DocuVax. You've heard me talk about DocuVax before. Are you a small, medium-sized business owner maybe who wants to provide a low-cost, effective health benefit for your employees? Maybe you're a school administrator. You want to ensure all of your students have all the vaccines they're supposed to. Maybe you're just a parent trying to keep your family's medical records up to date. Well, welcome to DocuVax, that's D-O-C-U-V-A-X. It's an easy-to-use digital locker. It's accessible on your laptop or your smartphone, and it allows you to safely store and validate all your basic medical information, your immunization records, your lab results, x-rays, MRIs, preventative screening results, etc., Gone are the days of losing time tracking down your old medical records and your files and your computer or calling your doctor because you have to share those results with a school or an employer or a new healthcare insurance provider. Take your medical records into take control back. They're your medical records. They don't belong to your insurance company. They don't belong to your doctor. Docuvax helps you helps you do that. The Docuvax system covers over 60 different important elements of your medical profile from COVID, flu, and tetanus vaccines to colorectal and breast cancer screenings to blood type and allergy information, etc. Sign up. Go to docuvax.com. That's D-O-C-U-V-A-X.com. Or call 833-859-1933. That's 833-859-1933. For as little as six ninety nine per month, DocuVac subscribers can privately access all of their medical records from a HIPAA-compliant digital storage facility. And here's the best part. If you're a DocuVac subscriber, medical professionals, doctors and nurses are on call for you 24 hours a day to validate your vaccine records, your blood tests, or anything else in your digital medical locker. Your, Your data is never accessible to anybody else but you unless you want to share it privately using a proprietary QR code-based system that keeps your medical data secure. So put an end to worrying if you or someone you care about is up to date in a particular vaccine, blood test, or important preventative screening. Take control of your medical file. Sign up at docuvax.com or call 833-859-1933. And if you're an organization interested in sponsoring individuals or employees to be on the DocuVax system, there are group discounts if you mention that you heard about DocuVax on Equal Footing. 833-859-1933. Operators are standing by. I've been but I'm keeping on, keeping
2: on, And I've been but I'm keeping
0: on. All right, you're back on Equal Footing. I'm Dove Tusman. I'm here with my guests, Father Joseph Hagan, who's a Dominican friar based here in New York and Hatari Alukbala, who's in L.A., Los Angeles, California, who just was released from prison after 33 years. Uh, I was in prison when he was 16, and we're talking about celibacy, the chosen kind, the forced kind, the effect on the spiritual body, the physical body, mental health. Before the break, we were talking with Hatari about the impact, the negative impact that he felt. Uh, in prison, not having conjugal visits and, that, and and not having that release for decades in, in his life. And I do want to point out that um, over the last five to ten years, there has been a significant consensus that's been arrived at in the, the international community about human rights of prisoners. And in fact, the United Nations High Commissioner on Human Rights, uh, the High Commission, the OHCHR, has put out a number of dictates around what are the fundamental human rights of prisoners, including not having cruel and unusual punishment, issues around solitary confinement. And And interestingly, for the first time since the United Nations High Commission on Human Rights was set up, it has determined that conjugal visits are actually a fundamental human right. And in the United States, just to give everyone context of where we sit vis-a-vis other countries, we're one of the few uh, developed countries that do not allow conjugal visits at the federal level. All federal prisons, it's not allowed. Doesn't matter if you've been married 30 years; you can no longer be with your spouse, whether you're a man or a woman. And at the state system, which can determine their own rules in the state prisons, there are only six of the 50 states uh, that allow conjugal visits: uh, California, Michigan, New Mexico, uh, New York, Washington State. But even then, with many, many restrictions. So what Hatari is talking about here is not is not something that's, that's limited to his experience. There's been a lot of a lot of research on the effect and of increased violence, um, in, in environments where conjugal visits are not allowed. So I just want to give it a little context uh, on that point. Hatari, before, before we went in the break, you were talking about a second test you wanted to apply. Did you, do you remember that? Sorry to have interrupted you.
2: No, that's okay. Well, like I say, we run a lot of, we live by checklists. And when we investigate things, you have to verify the information that you receive or that you discover. And in order to verify that celibacy was actually one of the main reasons for the level of violence that's exhibited in the prison context, I had to test that theory. So I did what's done when you try to release that part of yourself without having access to a partner.
0: You you, you so masturbate. We, we we can we yeah. can say that yeah, okay. that's okay. okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, so and I started to be Monitor how I was and how I interacted and reacted to situations right after. Mm -hmm. And I was taking notes and everything. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not as aggressive. I'm still aggressive because of the environment is aggressive, but I'm not as aggressive. I'm not as quick to go to an aggressive state. Mm -hmm. So I did this for like three months and I kept writing it down. And what I would do, I would do it Monday. And then I would see how I would act that week. Then that next week, I wouldn't do it at all. Mm-hmm. And I would see how I would act. And I was writing things down. And I know I'm, I snap quicker. When I analyze, when someone would say something to me, I would interpret it differently than I did when I masturbated. I'm like, okay, so this has something to do. Then I said, well, I'm going to not do it for two weeks to see exactly what happens. Right. And that's when I'm like, okay, this is it. Just have a major impact on the level of violence in the penitentiary system. Then I started looking into CDC, and I became aware that CDC is aware of this, and that's why they allow. So,
0: sorry, that w- for those listeners who don't know, w- in the, this context, what is the CDC?
2: Oh, the California Department of Corrections.
0: Okay, not the Centers for Disease Control. Just for listeners who might be confused, the California Department of Corrections. You were you were incarcerated yes. in California.
2: Yes, in Pelican Bay State Prison so I started to understand that CDC is aware of this that's why they allow consular visit, but it's also used as a tool because you only allow certain people to have consular visits under certain circumstances it's not accessible to everyone right. so that, like okay I get it now so now this is also a tool because everything in prison is used as a tool one way or the other but celibacy is something that affects every single person in the California state prison system yeah.
0: So F- Father Joseph, let's 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 turn it back to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give one more quote here as opposed to mental health around physical health. This is from the same National Institutes of Health study by authors Kim Tam and Munig uh, from November of 2017, is published in March of uh, March of I guess the following year. And let's talk about physical health for a moment. And now we're not talking about the incarcerated environment or in, in, or mental health in in general. In this study, it found that men who uh, were sexually active uh, had a much lower risk of prostate cancer. Um, I'm not going to get into the graphic details, but based on re- yeah, yeah. regular sexual activity of you know several times per month. For women, the difference is even greater. Um, women who have frequent sexual activity, uh, and to be fair, doesn't, this doesn't always mean sexual activity with a partner because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. ma- you, masturbation is still sexual activity. It's just solo. low. Um, but for women, sexual activity is, is shown to strengthen pelvic floor muscles, support the bladder, improving bladder function, reducing incontinence, et cetera, over life. So back to you. We have all of these would seem to me pretty reasonable i mean you, you have yeah. human rights issues yeah in yeah incarcerated environment you have um potential you have lots of studies around the impact on mental and physical health does any of this sway you and can you can you discuss um how in your personal journey maybe if you looked at that if you overcame it and, and the spiritual aspect
1: yeah. to counterpoint that no i i think well first of all i'm in reverence of all that hatari went through i'm just still taking that in myself. Uh, the way I would put it for for priests and for nuns, it, it, it's kind of like a psychological double down. Uh, that right. So when when I come to enter into to become a priest, it takes anywhere from six to eight, sometimes even longer than that many years, because they want to test you first to see if this way makes you happy, makes you more full of life and loving, and if it doesn't, you can pretty you can tell pretty quickly, you know, and so it is it's a tested thing before um because for some people it is it w- it would make you go crazy, but for mm-hmm. others, and we just chalk it up to the grace of God, you're given us particular gift that this actually is a life giving way for you um and I think one thing too and I'm just as I'm taking in uh what hatari's been through it, uh, and by the way, I'll tell
0: you both we we are we're definitely generating. Interest on both, on yeah. all sides of this, because I mean, flooded yeah. with questions on the tech side, and yeah. you know, the, the board lighting up. So, go, go ahead, and we'll, we are gonna have to take our second break in a moment, but we'll come back to some of our, uh, callers' questions.
1: One, one of the biggest f- differences I feel as a priest is that I have many good relationships with women in my life. Uh, women who are relate to me as like a mother to a son, or like a sister to a brother, and even some sort of daughters that have like goddaughters, I guess, who are like four and a half years old. And having, um, obviously I don't have intercourse or anything romantic with these women, but I still, there's something about just the emotional, uh, what women do for us men, uh, these, the sort of affirmation, the sort of encouragement. There's something that, um, that, that sort of keeps things human for us as priests, even if it's a not romantic, uh, platonic, but not in the cold sense of platonic. Right. Uh but still like having very meaningful sisters in my life, mothers in my life, uh daughters in my life. Um it it's still it's not for every person. This is by no means I'm saying. This is like uh a fix, you know. Yeah. But it it is And I know from yeah. the conversation before the show certainly I didn't hear
0: Hatari saying, well, you shouldn't choose that path. are different experiences That's the point to bring different perspectives to the table. Yeah. Father Joseph, I just before we take the break you talked about, to some extent, kind of the the, the clarity of of purpose. I'm paraphrasing yeah, no, yeah, that yeah. that that celibacy can provide, and and the double down. I love that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just read it's kind of more of a comment than a than a question, but maybe you'll want to riff on it for a moment from a listener who really opened up. And I'm not going to say her name because she doesn't explicitly say that that I can. Uh, it says I've had two serious relationships to where, and and there were moments where I would vow to celibacy when things seemed to approach tumultuous areas. I didn't use this as punishment for my partner, but more to get a moment of clarity for myself. Uh, things would get better in the first relationship when I did this, but in the second relationship, the celibacy lasted two and a half years out of the six years of our relationship, to where I knew the relationship must not be for me anymore so i need to tune into my partner's personal journey in life that didn't necessarily match mine i'm not religious but i do feel it's important not to cloud judgment just because sex may bring you pleasure mm-hmm. so i found that i found that comment really interesting and, I, and sorry it was a long one i wanted to read it because this is someone who's obviously not by her own declaration yeah. on, a, on a religious path but is using celibacy as a means to some extent for for clarity of purpose, for spiritual purpose. Yeah. Does that resonate with you, not only in your own life, but in terms of the the flock
1: that that you work with? Yeah, I think one way I put it is that the human heart desires many kinds of love. Uh, A love that understands me, a love that's willing to go on adventures with me, a love that can be creative with me, and then certainly romantic love and sexual love is part of that. Uh, You can almost think about it as uh, in terms of, uh, like a regular diet of food, and that sometimes we think I got a break from sugars for a while, not because sugars are bad, but it's just like it just sort of takes over, uh, and, I, and I, that's what's the way I sort of hear that, uh, and just sort of understanding that there are times where, um, if if I if my other needs, my other deep emotional needs are not being met, and perhaps uh, an over a fixation on sexuality has, has clouded that. So I think for us, it's a spiritual thing, taking away that sort of sexual element allows for greater, um, uh, you know, awareness, faith in God and also a more attentiveness to others because it, it puts us in a position of, uh, of, of neediness in a certain sense, not, not in a way that we should use others, but in being radically available to others. Um, but again, that takes, uh, that takes a psychological, um, strength and it takes a gift from God in our, in our understanding. So it's not, again, for everyone. We're going to take a, a, a quick break. We're going to be back on equal
0: footing talking to Hatari Alugbala and Father Joseph Hagen, who's a Dominican friar. Uh, it, it, a fascinating conversation, at least from my perspective on celibacy, the elements of celibacy that are akin to bondage and the elements of celibacy or sexual abstinence that can help bring freedom and clarity. We'll be right back on Equal Footing.
2: derm. That's 212-661-3376. You could even schedule a virtual video visit with MDCS's board-certified dermatologists from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-3376 and don't forget to mention Equal Footing for 15% off all cosmetic procedures.
0: Right, you're back on Equal Footing. We're talking about celibacy, freedom, or bondage. Uh, you can participate live in this conversation. There's a caller who's been very patient. A couple have uh, been less patient. We've lost them, but uh, we're, we'll get you in a sec. Uh, and you can participate live by calling 718-303-9090. 718-303-9090. Make your opinions known on celibacy or text a question or comment as many of you had have to 917 428 4062 917 428 4062 Father Joseph before the break we we're talking about kind of the the spiritual and religious context of 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 uh, abstinence from sexual activity and there's there have a, a couple of listeners have written in um, wanting to point out that celibacy of the, of the main Western Abrahamic faiths of Judaism and Islam and Christianity are probably, I guess, in chronological order, yeah. Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Um, the Christianity is the only one that really puts a contemporary, at least, focus on, on celibacy in yes. certain yes. Uh, areas, not, not all aspects of Christianity. Um, and, and I won't read it all, but you know, we have some comments about the fact that in fact, that that in the Jewish tradition, really, there are only a couple of figures, like the prophet Jeremiah, mm. uh, a Talmudic scholar from the medieval uh, period, that that were known to have chosen celibacy or yes. commended to yes. But there are many examples in Christianity. Yes. And my understanding is that the original idea comes from the belief that in the new age after the apocalypse, there would be no marriage, and we would all be like
1: angels. That, yeah, yep, you're you're quoting our scriptures, yeah. So there is uh, that's one way of viewing celibacy for Christianity. That it's a uh, it's a it's a taste. It's a foretaste. It's a sign of heaven where we will be bound by love to one another, and we will be fully happy. But there will no longer be the need uh, for intercourse. No longer be the need for marriage. Uh, and in fact, some people would say that. Heaven will be so much bliss and happy. It, it'll be kind of like ordering chicken nuggets at a great restaurant. You just wouldn't, like sex would, wouldn't be seen as bad, but it's just like there are greater joys to the human heart. Um, which seems a little bit strange to our modern ears before death, but that is sort of like the, the, the looking forward to heaven part of celibacy.
0: Does it offend you to, for me to ask, I'm going to turn this to a Hatari because if, if the answer is yes to this, atari has got some serious, uh, uh, spiritual kudos coming to him. Is, is it fair to hackney what you're saying and saying that like there's a prize effectively, a spiritual mm-hmm. prize, if you would, a reward, a temporal reward or, or a spiritual reward or both from maintaining celibacy in your life?
1: Hmm. Uh, I guess you could put it that way. I would put it more that um, it's a way of humility. So it's not like this big triumph of the will. I'm so strong. I'm never tempted. Um, But it's it's, uh, a poverty of spirit before the Lord to say, Lord, you're the only one for me. And I bring you my heart, which today might be facing temptations left and right, or the next day I could just be thinking about other things, right? Like a priest doesn't live mm-hmm. in his life thinking, "I'm a celibate, I'm a celibate, I'm a." Cel-. Like we usually, sure, you, yeah, other things in your mind, <laughs> other things only, on mind, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Um And so if it if it is a reward given to us, we would receive it as a free gift. So not saying like God, here's my sheet of being a perfect person, you owe me this, right? But yeah. saying, Lord, you gave me that. Uh, freedom, that was your gift itself and now you're giving me a gift on top of that gift. Um so. It's, it's so interesting because yeah. as, as a practicing Jew, you know,
0: one of the highest, if not the highest mitzvah or, or, you know, good deed, holy act that you can perform is to have children. Yes. Oh yeah. And so, and I, and I know that's true in Catholicism as we well. We
1: have big families right.
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> Atari. You know, lay it on us because if you know, don't be shy. It, do you? Are you to some degree sitting there thinking like, okay, this priest has no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. Like, it's like that could be true. You had you you had celibacy forced upon you at least in ter- well, yeah, celibacy. You, you couldn't have sexual activity with a, with a partner uh, of your choice for for over three decades. Um. How are you doing now? How do you look back on that? Are you are you angry about it? Do you see it as a, having somehow been of spiritual benefit?
2: Celibacy has its purpose when it's done intentionally. To force someone not to engage in one of the greatest gifts that man was ever given, and that's physical, intimate contact with a woman is hell. It, it's torture. mean, mm-hmm. God says, here you are. You're a mate. This is your mate. This is your partner. This is your equal. This is your balance. This is your balance. This is your harmony. And the closest I can get to her to really solidify that connection is physical intimacy. A woman can stimulate you mentally. She can stimulate you emotionally. She can stimulate you spiritually. But the seal is the physical communion because you're joining with her. So to deny human beings a bad gift, I mean, I feel like that's like the ultimate punishment. Right. And prison was terrible. Prison was hell. But I can honestly say the worst, Part of prison was not being beat by police. It was not being able to connect with a woman at that deep of a level. I, There's I wanna, nothing on earth compares to it. I,
0: I want to, you know, say that again. Listen, I I choose the, the topics for this program often based on something that comes from my own life experience and. I have lived on both sides of this issue. I I I do was a period in my life in which I chose to be celibate. Not to shock our Jewish listeners, I have opened up about it before, but there was a period in my late teens and early twenties where I I lived in an ashram in India and I wanted to be a sannyas or a monk and and I went through that part of my spiritual journey. And then there was a period in which I was incarcerated, as many listeners know. I you know I don't I feel shy even saying so because it was only. I only I mean, for me, it felt like a lifetime, but it was it was ten and a half months, and that's how he was incarcerated for thirty three years. And yet, having been incarcerated for ten and a half months, I would say similarly that uh, it is it is um it 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 feels like a deep a deeper violation of self to not be able to be physically intimate. Forced. It's one thing if you weren't in a relationship; it was your choice, uh, or you choose a path of spiritual celibacy, like yourself, Father Joseph. But when it's something that's forced upon you, it almost feels like uh, not having, uh, you know, food and water. I mean, it, it, it can it can feel like that. And of course, there are horrible other abuses that I would say are worse in the incarcerated environment. Uh, but it is very high up there. And I think Katari is someone who was incarcerated for thirty three years to have you in. in in really harsh environments, maximum security environments, to have you say that that was the worst part above being you know beaten by guards or other things that may have happened there, if that's what I hear you saying, that's extremely powerful
2: this the uh, The impact of being celebrated affected me to a point where even now I struggle with connecting with the woman. I desire it. I yearn for it. I long for it. But I'm having a hard time allowing it to envelop me because I've been deprived of it so long. Um, And the pain that sits there, it doesn't go away, even uh when I'm sitting with the woman. Even now since I've been out, I haven't had sex. I don't feel what I should feel because I've been deprived of this feeling for so long. Uh, it may just be I don't recognize it anymore.
0: You know, you this you almost bring tears to my eyes saying and it's very powerful, Atari, and I honor you for opening up about that. There's actually a comment from a listener on this point that addresses what Atari just said about the difference between asexual, asexuality and celibacy and can one lead to another? Can practicing celibacy, and I, I'll ask, I'll act, I'll, I'm going to ask you this, Father Joseph, before we go to our last break, because you've chosen the practice of celibacy. Yes. yes yeah. And, and the, the practice of celibacy was forced upon Hattari. Do you feel that in practicing celibacy, it has led to asexuality? meaning uh which isn't a sexual orientation in itself uh, less of a of a life focus on that do you kind of get to a point where it it isn't you don't you you feel somewhat asexual that's a listener's question
1: i definitely like women more than men and i will uh I have to check myself between when, when you're greeting people after mass, that I don't only talk with women and I make sure I give time for men. I think the way I would put it is that I just, Bravo for your honesty. Oh yeah. And, and, to and people, both of you. Yeah. These, you guys are incredible. Uh, this is actually something father, uh, our Saint, St. Dominic on his deathbed. He said, um, uh, he said, uh, forgive me, brothers. I always liked talking with younger women than older women. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just the sort of realism about that. But, um, one way to put it, though, <laughs> that a little bit maps onto that is um, because in this setting, even with all the scandals in the church, it was a terrible, terrible thing. But when I meet with a woman, it's it's a given that this is not romantic, right? And uh, and so that sort of sets a very clear boundary. And then w- within the boundaries of talking as brother and sister, um, I can I feel so. I guess the way I would put it is like. I, it's second nature for me not to like try to get close to that romantic boundary. So in that sense, there, as far as becoming less like, I'm not going to propose, I'm not going to like try to seduce a woman. So like that just like isn't that part of me just not in work, mm-hmm. but the part of me that still just enjoys a woman's company more than a man's company and her ability to listen in a way that women listen differently. I mean, of course, that's broad strokes, but, you know, uh, that still is a huge desire in my heart to have that, that eye contact, that listening. Um, and so in that way, I've actually become more sensitive to it, knowing that, uh, that there's a boundary there that I have to respect. Right. We're going to take our last break on
0: equal footing. I wish we didn't have to do these ad breaks in this program talking about celibacy. Its aspects that are akin to spiritual freedom and and uh, clarity, and its aspects that are akin to bondage and unhealthiness. We'll be right back on equal footing with Father Joseph Hagen and Hatari
2: Alukbala. the, the, the,
1: the Lukbala.
0: Little Johnny Cash. This is an apropos sponsor to this program. You've heard me talk about Manhattan Medical and what does Manhattan Medical do? And you don't have to be in Manhattan, by the way, to get Manhattan Medical services. They do lots of virtual sessions you can call as well. And I'll give out that number in a moment. Well, Manhattan Medical has a new, very effective treatment methodology for erectile dysfunction. And Erectile dysfunction doesn't only affect your sex life. It affects, as we've been talking about this on this program, your emotional life. And if you're someone who wants to have sex, you haven't chosen a, a celibate path, uh, it, it's it's something that, that can cause great uh, distress in, in your life. More than 50%, in fact, almost 60% of men, at least in the United States, at some point in their life deal with ED. Manhattan Medical utilizes the new effective Gaines Wave therapy, and it can help you achieve excellent results. No expensive blue pills. It's not Viagra. There's, it's non-invasive. It's surgery free. It's painless. With Manhattan Medical, there are no side effects and for almost all patients, wonderful results. It's a lot of information out there on this new therapy, Gaines Wave Therapy, Manhattan Medical. Call 888-ED-CURE-9. That's 888-ED-CURE-9 or 888-332- Eight seven three nine. The sponsors in this program over time, I feel like I've gotten close to, and I want to be clear that this is not just a sponsor that called us out of the blue. I got to Manhattan Medical because a very dear friend of mine, a business partner, a longtime friend, he's in his mid-80s, his mid-80s, and he had had difficulty dealing with erectile dysfunction. He went to Manhattan Medical, used the Gaines Wave therapy, and he's having an enjoyable sex life. Call, you can help you at any age. Call now for a free consultation. That's about a $200, $250 value. If you mentioned you heard about it on equal footing, call Manhattan Medical about their ED Cure Gains Wave Therapy at 888-332-8739. I've been called We're, we're back on equal footing. We're talking about celibacy and this incredibly patient caller on line three. We are going to take him or her now. Let's see if I can do this without dropping you. Line three, you're on the air.
3: Good evening, Dove.
0: Hello. Is this Stan?
3: You know it. Dove, a volcano tonight, Dove. Uh-oh. Big mistake. Big <laughs> mistake. No, I'm serious,
0: Dove. Okay. I'm Tell serious.
3: me. Tell let me, me. Let, first of all, let me make this statement. The urges, the demands, the needs, the requirements of the human body is more important than God. That's a fact. That's reality. That's absolute truth. We have to go to the bathroom. We have to blow our nose. When the body demands it and requires it and urges it, we do it. Sex is the greatest urge and the greatest need. And when it is denied, things happen. Now, I need to ask this, are you a Catholic,
0: sir? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. well, the, then you the, know where I'm going. On ha- hang point. on a second, just for the clarity. No, 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 I'm not interrupting you for that purpose. I just want to be clear that the person who answered was Father Joseph. Yeah, okay, and, that doesn't mean and he, also he Hata- he's
3: a Catholic, he's a Catholic. That's all I need to know. Yeah,
0: but the other guest practices a different uh, spiritual practice. He was in
3: prison for 30 years. What was he in prison for, if I may ask?
0: I think I mentioned at the outset for murder. We didn't hear;
3: it was garbled. I,
0: I apologize. I'm not sure what happened to the audio. For uh, he was found guilty of murder and two counts of armed robbery.
3: Okay, and we're supposed to care about his sexual needs. Is that what it was coming? He said, "I'm glad he served his time." Well, we're supposed to care about his sexual needs. Is that that what this is about? I understand it, but uh, was he alone in the cell when he was in prison, or did he have
2: other people in the cell?
0: Atari, go ahead.
2: It depended on the time. At one point, I was in isolation in the bottom of the prison by myself. Did you ejaculate by yourself? Did you ejaculate? Yes, Yes, I did.
3: Okay, so in a way, as we say, you got off. Okay, great. But the priest is what interests me. And the conversation that this man has stated, I, I got sick listening to it, and the way he approaches celibacy. But the conversation that has been Silenced here is what has happened in the Catholic Church. Celibacy has destroyed the Catholic Church. And I'm not a Catholic. Mm. It has made, it should never have been mm. to such an extent that priests, priests who could not control themselves, mm. did it with children and other people for so 50, 60, 70 years. This is an organization, a religion that needed, that worshiped Christ. And they looked the other way. They could not control themselves, because you can't control yourself. And so the conversation with the priest, to me, I don't really need to ask him. He'll, he'll speak on his own. But it's absurd to hear what I'm hearing from the priest. He never mentioned of what has happened because of celibacy. He never talked about it. You didn't ask him any questions. So, though. How, how Stan, terrible is I'm that? glad right, oh, I'm finished.
0: I'm no, finished. no, I'm uh, Stan, thank you uh your your opinion your question is is a totally valid one and i just want to make sure uh b- before father joseph answers to understand are you saying that that because of celibacy you believe that oh, the priests were more likely to act out uh, in that way
3: uh look the evidence is in front that way, of you. 70 80 90 years of hidden mm-hmm. hidden situations the church covering up situations the popes covering up
0: celibacy I, I want to give i want to give our guest a
1: chance to answer cuz it's it's a it's a totally valid question valid question no yes i mean i was expecting this to come up quicker uh,
3: well, why didn't you bring it up?
1: <laughs> I should. That's that's on me. I should have asked it sooner.
3: No, no. He's the he's the religious gentleman. Not you. You know. Let him, why, Not once.
0: Hey, Stan. All of a sudden, I'm not religious.
1: No. <laughs> no know, okay. okay. Ba- state, ba- 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 Father Joseph, go ahead, because I don't want us to run out of time. It's important. Ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, first of all, right to speak with great reverence to all those who have suffered, uh, and great repentance. Right. The Catholic Church uh, did some terrible things here. There's no way to to make it sound nice. Um, and you could point to the fact that certain men just weren't cut out for the priesthood um, to, to sort of say that it's an institutional problem for all 2000 years. Uh, that, that's a big jump uh, to say that there was cover up and uh, there was sexual misconduct. Uh, that certainly did happen. It's not unique to the Catholic Church. You find it in other organizations. It's not unique to celibate men. You find it with married men as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do point to the fact that uh, when priests do it, it's particularly heinous. It's a scandal because these are supposed to be trustworthy men. And so I, I, they should be held to a higher standard. Um, And it does call for greater formation, greater human formation, greater attentiveness, and greater honesty with young men to say, look, if this is not your way – don't force it. I think there were generations where if a young man had the inkling to be a priest, the, the family would sort of push him into it. And it would be like, a, my son's going to be a priest. You better be a priest and sort of being, uh, and also too, if a man didn't want to get married to a woman, sometimes, well, you have to be a priest. And you, that's a little bit of a forced celibacy as well. So I think it actually kind yeah, of maps I'll jump on. In here. Go ahead. i sorry.
2: Okay. Uh, Celibacy is unnatural. So, to make it a requirement to serve humanity is basically setting a person up to fail. These are natural urges. And the emphasis on natural, these are urges that God instilled in us in order to facilitate children. So, <laughs> When we saying that we're going to use it as a means in order for you to be part of the priesthood, I have always found that odd because service—you don't have to be a priest to serve. You I'm going to care and that.
0: I think it's a valuable comment. I'm going to need to, because uh, in the interest of the fact, we're getting to the end of the show. We only have about literally 15, 20 seconds for each of you to honor the other. And Father Joseph, I'd like to for you for a sec to say to Hatari, if you don't mind, take his point of view. For a sec. And, and oh, yeah. you know, in terms of, of his path of celibacy. but real quick, Oh, yeah. I mean, the simple
1: that. way I put it is it's not good for man to be alone and not good for him to be forced to be alone. And I pray that the Lord blesses you and that you have that deep communion with every part of who you are and that you find that love that satisfies. Beautiful. Hatari, you have the last
0: blessing in the last 20 seconds. If you could give Father Joseph your blessing, taking his perspective.
2: Absolutely. Father Joseph, I, I admire your strength and your resilience and I greatly respect your dedication to your profession and I want to honor that and I wish you everything that this world has to bring that's beautiful. I hope you have that in your life.
0: Thank you. Hatari Alugbala, Father Joseph Hagan, thank you so much for being on Equal Footing. Catch you next week.
2: Thank you Father. I'm just a poor and
1: stranger
0: traveling through this world below. There's no sickness, no toil
1: or danger. In that bright